The views expressed in our podcast do not represent the views of all sorority organizations. You might even hear different viewpoints among MJ sorority team members featured. Real Talk intends to foster open dialogue about issues we see across the country that affect real women. And beyond these thoughts and recommendations, we would ultimately refer you back to local, state, and federal authorities, as well as your own sorority's rules and policies. While we intend to keep content light and informative, there may be insurance claims discussed that involve bodily injury and personal damage of a sensitive nature. Be aware that topics may be a bit graphic and even emotionally charged. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Real Talk with MJ Sorority, the voice of sorority risk management, where we talk about the big risks, small questions, and real challenges sorority women face today. MJ Sorority is the premier insurance agency for women's sororities. We are passionate about educating and empowering our clients. We believe that striving to be unique never stops, and that by promoting safe decisions and smart risks, we can continue to create spaces for women to grow, serve, and lead. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode where we get into what we can't stop talking about, besides sorority risk management, of course. For now, let's dive into our conversation and let's get real. Hi, this is Sarah and Allison. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Real Talk with MJ Sorority. Today, we are going to be discussing some risk management techniques around severe weather events. Uh, This summer especially has been full of severe weather events around the United States as well as around the world. And with climate change, we expect to see more severe weather in the future. And we wanted to provide you with some risk management tips to help you prepare your properties and your chapters in case one of those events happens near you. We are going to stick to tornadoes, wildfires, and hurricanes for today. There are some others that we can talk about in the future, including flood and earthquake, which um, kind of have their own coverage that you can purchase. But today, we're going to stick to tornadoes, wildfires, and hurricanes. So feel free to take notes. But as always, we will uh, be posting some show notes since there's a lot of detail here um, and certainly not something that you need to feel like you have to capture it all with your memory. We want to make sure that this is accessible to you and something you can find in the event that um, some of this nasty weather is headed your way. So yeah, Sarah, would you like to take it away with tornadoes and high winds to start us off? <laughs> Thanks, Allison, for that intro. So as Allison mentioned, um, we actually have all of this information broken down by various types of natural disasters. So we wanted a podcast version that was kind of the high level highlights. And then if that piques your interest to go follow up on the website or the show notes, um, which we'll have links to those resources on the website. So I'm taking tornadoes and high winds. Most areas of the United States are susceptible to tornadoes. Um, and this has actually been increasing as weather patterns have been changing as well. But a majority of the tornadoes and severe damage typically occur east of the Rocky Mountains, particularly in the Plain States. There's actually a stretch of land that's referred to as Tornado Alley, where these tend to occur. And you know, if you live there, uh, tornadoes typically occur during the spring and summer months, but they have occurred at other times of the year as well. Again, something with climate change that we're seeing tornadoes and these high winds, derecho winds, if you've heard of that, outside of the normal 
tornado season that maybe we used to think about. I've lived in Indiana for most of my life and, you know, it was always kind of late spring, early summer was tornado season. And it seems to have expanded to much of the year at this point. More than a thousand tornadoes are reported in the U.S. each year, often resulting in serious property damage, injuries, and deaths. Um, as Allison mentioned, we, two of our clients, it looks like pretty much um, total destruction of their chapter houses um, in the last week or so from a tornado that hit in Kansas. At least so, the total roof um, looks like Oh, it's yes, that's right. The, the roof was like on the yeah. other or in the street or something. Um, so significant property damage. Um, and fortunately, in our client's case, they had already let out for the summer. So there weren't any injuries there, fortunately. But always something that is a possibility because tornadoes develop so quickly, typically, and often we get little or no warning. But because there tend to be you know, some patterns in terms of the time of the year and the places where they're most likely to occur, that this does allow us for some preparation. So that's what we wanted to go over, just some steps before the tornado um, happens or before tornado season hits for you to be aware of. Of course, as always, having a written pre-emergency plan that you practice on a routine basis um, at your chapter house is always important. This is especially important in places where maybe, you know, if you have a a collegian that comes from California or the Pacific Northwest where they're not used to tornadoes that comes to school in Oklahoma or something like that where where tornadoes are very frequent. You want to make sure that everyone not assuming that everybody knows what to do. So conducting routine tornado drills so that everyone feels comfortable with the plan. Knowing the the exit routes, things along those lines, so that you can follow the storm movement. Also, you know, the county that you live in, um, the town, so that you can kind of, as they make those weather alerts, you're familiar with if it's coming your way or not. I know I, I went to school relatively far from home and had no clue what county my school was in. I didn't know the city, but, um, so there's just like something, you know, that seems obvious, but when you're moving out of state or something for college, it might not be as obvious as you might think, uh, have a national oceanic and atmospheric administration. That's N O A A for short weather radio with a warning alarm tone to receive any warnings. And that also should have a battery backup. So this is a good thing for the chapter house to have maybe a few of because it will go off when that NOAA alert goes off too. During tornado season, it's recommended that you stay tuned to radio or TV to keep informed. This is one nice thing about our smartphones. They tend to do this for us with a kind of geolocation based on where we are. So just maybe you know, you don't often hear people telling you to keep your cell phone on you, but during tornado season might not be a bad idea. Uh, before taking any trips, listen to the latest forecast, taking appropriate necessary actions. Always a good idea to have an inventory of your chapter house uh, before something happens. We call this our house corporation inventory checklist that we, that we have developed um, that we'll link to in the show notes. This helps you go through any chapter-owned items. Also a good idea for the chapter members to keep a list 
of things that they, their property, so that if something happens, they can easily turn that into their parents' homeowner's policy. Minimize yard storage, and if needed, make sure it's secured to the ground appropriately, because oftentimes these items become airborne and can cause additional damage. And secure any storage buildings um, or anything that, you know, could lift off in high winds. I know we often, when we have high winds here, we have the trampolines that kind of go flying everywhere. So things like that that need to be secured because they can do a lot of damage when they, if they do leave the ground. So as I mentioned, we have a um, more complete checklist for tornado drills and additional resources. You can also just contact your campus fire department or camp- campus safety office for help running tornado drills and things like that. Form after high winds or a tornado, you should put your disaster recovery procedures into practice. So you want to account for all employees, all chapter members, comply with any evacuation orders, survey the site for damage, maybe take some pictures, check for down power lines, shut down any leaking, leaking sprinkler systems, restore your fire protection systems if possible. And again, lots more in the resources in the show notes and on our website. So I'm going to turn it over to Allison to talk about hurricanes. All righty. So you'll hear a couple themes here, but other things that are unique to hurricanes. So in the event of a named storm, when it comes to hurricanes, first, of course, evacuate if you are directed to do so by city or campus officials. Um, And you'll want to think about as you're doing so, securing, um, much like tornadoes and high winds, any objects uh, that are outdoors or move them inside that may be loose, like those trampolines or patio furniture, um, clothes, storm shutters and board up windows and glass doors as appropriate. If possible, bring things like gas or charcoal grills in, but do not use them indoors, of course. And do not store propane tanks inside the house or garage. So um, you might, you could bring the grills inside, but keep the propane tanks outside um, in an upright position, secured or chained somewhere that's not right next to the house. Just because if something happens, you don't want that to explode or create an issue um, that causes further damage in, in trying to prepare and do the right thing. So having some sort of survival kit prepared that includes items like water and non-perishable food, medications, portable radio, flashlights, batteries, battery chargers for your cell phones, um, and other portable electronic devices, um, which can be powered by your car. All of those are smart things to do, Um, which I'm sitting here and going, man, I need to prepare one of those little kits for myself just in case. Um, Well, you're in a a little bit, I mean, you're not on the coast, but you're much closer. So you would get Mm -hmm. kind of the... um, outer bands if you know something hit there Mm -hmm, definitely and just having all that stuff ready um some of that almost sounds like being a prepper to me but that it's just basic stuff to have in the event of a storm that could hit so there are emergency plans that you can kind of follow the lead of the university uh, for natural disasters like this too so make sure you're in touch with those officials to determine the best course of action both during and after a storm Um, so that's kind of the, before a hurricane and what to do is you prep for it in terms of after a hurricane, once it's confirmed by authorities that it has passed and it is safe to go outdoors, 
uh, you can begin to assess any potential damage to your property um, in the chapter house. So a couple tips for once the storm is over. If you've evacuated, return only after authorities advise it's safe to do so um, and use you're going to want to avoid down power lines, just like the tornado. Never touch anything in contact with the power lines, including water or water puddles that may be near them. Protect your property from more damage um, by, you know, you may think we're done. Why do things still need to be boarded up? That's often when some vandalism or additional weather damage could happen. So if you're not going to be able to occupy the facility for a bit, keeping things boarded up is probably a smart idea. You want to be wary of any gas lines that may have been damaged. If a gas leak is suspected, you want to stay off the property until a professional company deems it safe to, to come back. Just being aware of other hazards in the aftermath, like flooding, sharp or broken objects, damaged tree limbs or other structures um, that may have been da damaged throughout the storm. You want to steer clear of those. You want to keep accurate expenses and save bills and receipts from any temporary repairs. People always, you know, want to contact the insurance company when there's repairs to be made. But if there are things you need to temporarily do to mitigate damage, you always want to go ahead and do those as quickly as you can while saving some of the more permanent repairs until you talk to that claim adjuster. So, um, but we don't want that to hold up any temporary things you need to do to keep things from getting worse. And just as long as you're keeping accurate records of all those expenses incurred relating to that storm, you should be good to go from an insurance perspective in terms of tracking and documenting. You'll want to separate and inventory the damaged property as part of that documentation. Create a list of damaged contents, description of items, name of the manufacturer, brand name, age, and place of and date of purchase, the more you have that inventory prepared ahead of time, this is going to save you work later that you can just go through and check what's damaged um, and be able to hand that off to a claim adjuster, including photographs, video, um, or property inventories would be easy too. I think back in the days when my dad would walk around with a camcorder to like have an inventory of our, our chapter house. And now it's so easy with everything. So digital um, that creating an inventory it may sound like an onerous process. It is, it's something that you could probably knock out in an afternoon, um, especially in common spaces, if you just dedicate some time to it. Then again, if you think your property might be unsafe um, due to some of the damage in the aftermath, please contact MJ to find temporary accommodations. There is coverage available sometimes during the aftermath of a covered cause of loss, like a hurricane. Um, or tornadoes and high winds that uh, you may be able to access some of those extra expense coverages to take care of you. So that is hurricanes. In hindsight, we should have put hurricanes like at the end because it's kind of oftentimes hurricanes, you know, it's like floods and tornadoes, like all wrapped up into one, depending on what exact, you know, the specifics of the storm and stuff like that, which I didn't really, really realize is. until you were talking. <laughs> it really is. Well, in hurricanes, I will tell you as a, as a child growing up in Oklahoma, hurricanes were confusing to me because my parents went to the University of Tulsa, whose mascot is the golden hurricanes, but looks like a giant tornado. So it was very confusing. Um, <laughs> yes. So I thought I had been through hurricanes and had to be explained that no, I, I've been through a lot of tornadoes, but not hurricanes. Yeah, um, that's weird. Knock on wood yet to have been through one of those, thankfully. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Um, so I'm going to talk about wildfires, which I have, I have never 
knock on wood, been in one either. But according to the USDA Forest Service, historic fire data shows that wildfires are not only getting larger, they're also becoming more intense. Um, you know, just looking at the past few seasons of wildfire season one, it's getting longer um, for people that live in those wildfire prone areas. And it's becoming more intense, obviously, as well. As populations increasingly move from kind of the cities expanding out into the a little bit more outlying fringes bordered by woodlands, grass, brush. This obviously has significant property and life safety implications for those homes that are kind of infringing more and more into wildfire territory. So this decentralization into or kind of encroachment into more natural settings has created a landscape known as the Wildland Urban Interface, or WUI in kind of forest speak. The WUI is defined as the area where structures and other human development meet with undeveloped wildland. So for those who live or work in the WUI, advanced planning and taking safety precautions are critical in helping to reduce fire property loss and injury as well. The other problem with the WUI is once because the that WUI is maybe um, having more fire events and intensity, then that in you know just encroaches more and more on the existing cities, or I should say, the existing cities are encroaching more and more on um, the more natural settings. Whatever the case may be, we are having more intense both property damage and life safety issues when it comes to wildfires. So we have some protection and preparation tips, again, before wildfire season. So it's important to maintain a clear space free of brush, trees, grasses of at least 100 feet, but preferably 200 feet between the structures and the natural growth. Just trying to basically like remove the fuel closest to your chapter property. If you live on a hill, if your chapter property is on a hill, you want to extend the zone on the downhill side because fire spreads more rapidly uphill. You want to maintain or avoid ornamental plants known or thought to be high hazard combustible plants. You can Google that if you're concerned. Keep outside storage of flammable liquids, gases, and hazardous materials at least 100 feet from the buildings and preferably maintain them within a fire rated safety storage locker. For those of you that live in wildfire prone areas. This is probably all pretty common practices, but it doesn't hurt to go over it. So um, as we've said in all of these things, it's important to have an inventory of property and furnishings just to make it easier on you and the insurance adjuster in the case of a loss. You want to keep important papers, data, and inven that inventory itself in a safe location off-site or a fire-resistant rated safe. Um, kind of cloud storage on the internet to mix that, you know, those lists easier to maybe have or um, make it so that several members of the house corporation or something have those lists or um, the national headquarters for that matter. You want to make sure you have emergency and fire department telephone numbers readily available um, and posted at the chapter house. Maintain building accessibility for fire department equipment and have a continuity plan with alternative arrangements for continuing critical operations. Again, this should be part of that emergency plan, you know, that might come into play in any of these natural disasters. Fire safety, like tornadoes, even though, you know, we can predict their season, they do move or shift quickly. So you want to always be ready for an emergency 
evacuation, know where to go, what to bring with you. And some of the articles I read, um, it said to have, you know, kind of like a, an emergency bag packed with your essentials, plan several escape routes in the event roads are blocked. Uh, so maybe several means of egress from the chapter house. This also, it's a little bit different with universe, you know, university housing or even private sorority chapter houses, the university is going to take a role in evacuating everyone as well. So you want to make sure that you listen to campus officials. You want to make sure that you have a plan in place to account for all members and employees of the chapter during and after the evacuation, Um, wearing protective clothing if possible, and again, practicing your evacuation plan. So for like all of these things we've talked about, there are longer checklists and more resources if you're interested in the show notes um, or on our website, of course. So you don't have to memorize all of the stuff, but we at least wanted to, as we started off saying, kind of get that high level things, maybe, um, maybe something one of us said, you know, caught your attention that you haven't covered yet that Uh, maybe you need to follow up on. And we encourage you to, maybe this is a good time to brush up on some of those emergency plans and put in some, some plans for the school year to practice evacuations and just making sure that you're communicating to everyone what those plans are. You covered it. I think that (laughs) covered our summarization and all of it. Sarah is also the one, by the way, that puts together all those resources that she's referring to. So please, please check them out. The detail is super helpful. Now, I guess it's time for the program where we talk about what we can't stop talking about here among the team at MJ. (laughs) Besides insurance and risk management. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I... um, my husband and I had watched Stranger Things back, you know, we have been watching it as it came out. I actually didn't, I mean, I liked it. It was entertaining. My husband really liked it. And our kids are a little bit younger and kept asking to watch it. And it's been very, we are in the midst, speaking of intense weather, we are in the midst of a very intense heat wave here where it's just like, unless you're in the water somewhere, it doesn't make a ton of sense to be outside. So we decided that we were going to let the kids watch it from the very beginning. And it has been way more. I have enjoyed it much more the second time through and watching it with them. And um, I was, you know, I'm a child of the 80s. So they're like making fun of stuff that I totally (laughs) remember because Stranger Things does a very good job of like even product placement and stuff like that from the 80s songs, all that. So, um, so that's been fun because it's been good conversation starters with them and them making fun of us being old lovingly so, hopefully but yeah so it's you've gone all the way through or just the latest no season? i think we're on the sec like halfway through the second season so got it and we haven't watched the new one the yet so we one. thought we could like rewatch and then catch up so got it well no spoilers yeah, we should be entertained for a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah it's definitely fun and I started watching the latest season thinking, oh, do I still love this show as much as I did early on? But they, they've they done a really good job. Oh, good. Very, very pulled into the plot and um, all the things they're doing with it. So, Yay, yeah, I'm excited. Well, maybe we could have a recap episode once we catch up with you. Yes. And it does <laughs> get a little darker season four without any spoiler alerts. So just okay. heads up. For <laughs> we'll be ready for some difficult conversation nightmares are difficult yeah right i know they did my 
my daughter did threaten to sleep, like come climb in our bed, like after like a couple of nights of it. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this could backfire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It seems Mm -hmm. fun until she's like, you know, disrupting our sleep. Mm -hmm. But so far, so good. How about you, Allison? But can you not stop talking about? (laughs) Well, semi-related to our topics today, I um, am thinking more about kind of protecting property and things for myself more than ever, because uh, we actually just became homeowners together, my fiance and I. And so... Um, found a great property in the town where we live in Virginia and went ahead and snagged it and uh, are really excited about it. And yeah, just totally new steps for me in all the things that come along with homeownership and just contemplating all the fun projects to come, all the um, things that go along with it. I'm sure he was slightly annoyed as we reviewed the insurance sections of all the contracts because (laughs) that's what I do here every day. I have a lot of questions and just wanted to make sure it was all good to go and that um, just that we were insured properly. And so it's been, it's definitely come in handy knowing um, things about contract liability and uh, just some of the things I've learned about property maintenance and risk management in this job as, as I start to take on some of these things on my own. But Having a mortgage and all of that is definitely all new to me. So um, <laughs> one of our teammates teased me with my excited picture with the keys. She was like, let's let's try a picture after you've paid your first mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> Give it the same face. Um, yeah, that's true. But, yeah, but we're excited. And I'm sitting here thinking as we're going over all these tips, like, where could I keep a safety kit and some things just knowing that, yeah, just that huge responsibility and kind of weight on your shoulders when you're in charge of a whole piece of property and land and knowing all that is going to come along with that. So I'm sure I don't even know all the things, (laughs) but um, I'm excited. Yes, you should be. It will be so fun. Yeah. Good stuff and really special to make it your own with your future husband and all that good stuff. Yes, it will be fun. will be fun. Well, good. Well, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully this was helpful to you as uh, we continue to be in storm season for this year um, and in storm seasons to come. Thanks for joining us for Real Talk. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback, comments, or questions, send us an email at realtalk at mjsorority.com. Visit our website, mjsorority.com. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and explore our huge resource library. Check out the show notes from today's episode to dig a little deeper into the topics we discussed. This has been Real Talk with MJ Sorority. Be smart. Be safe. And we'll catch you next time.